Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome, superheroes. We are here in a very special place. We're actually sitting at Harvard Westlake School on Coldwater Canyon in the Valley in Los Angeles. And we are sitting outside the gallery on campus because we just came out of the amazing art show, the first real art show of Trudy Strobel's work. Trudy is a Holocaust survivor who you will hear her, more of her story. I have interviewed her, though, in a previous episode. So Trudy is here. Welcome, Trudy. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Okay, oh, I'm pleased to be here. <laughs> that I was that's Trudy playing <laughs> lick. The, she's licking the microphone now. <laughs> and then we are also with somebody that I just interviewed because she is an extraordinary artist who I wanted to meet immediately. We had this connection. Her mother is actually a Holocaust survivor. Did you know that part? And um, she and Trudy have a lot in common, and that's what we're going to talk about here today. Welcome, Sharon Kagan. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> Yay. So the reason I wanted to have you guys, and I'm pretty much going to let you guys chatter, I think, because what I wanted to open up the conversation to is that a couple things that you guys have in common. First is that you both healed your hearts and we're in the superhero of love podcast of course so we're talking about heart healing and you've both healed your hearts through your art and so I'd love to hear you guys talk about how you have done that because it may inspire someone else who was unable to get past the darkness in their heart so Let's talk about that. They're fighting over who's going to go first. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I want to give the courtesy. I saw her work. I I was so impressed and uh, can't envision, because I also knit, and I can't envision anyone having done this. She truly is. The idea, that is it. Like a Judy Chicago. (laughs) Something very different, you know. And and I loved it. I, I saw the... The, and then I listened to the interview too so it was, it was great to meet you this way Likewise. and today Thank we you. met in person and do you know this lady is gorgeous <laughs> so it, it worked out very well we went through uh, the gallery here and they have the exhibit of my work <coughs> of, of my um, historical pieces and uh, I was so honored that uh, Sharon came and Bridget and 11 other wonderful people that they could see it because in two days it's going to be dismantled and be going on further to other venues and so uh, I'm truly 
as one says, blessed. I don't know if I can say that. But uh, I try to be uh, very, um, very humane. <laughs> you are. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I love to embroider and have embroidered since, I, <clears throat> since I'm seven. But then I didn't do anything till my 50s. And uh, my body of work now is from that time period. And tell us why you started in your 50s. Tell them why, how I that had, began. I had uh, a nervous breakdown, and uh, then I needed to see a psychiatrist, a Dr. Solo. And uh, it, took, it took almost a month for twice a week I saw him before I started to talk. And then he said... Uh, Trudy, wouldn't you like to dress a doll like your doll was dressed? Because my doll was torn away by the Nazis and when I was just four years old. And, um, and then, you know, a spark came to my brain, and I thought, oh, that would be a good idea. So I, I did this, and uh, it, I then um, found out that there were 11 centuries of degradation against uh, Jews, against Jewish people. Uh, that they had to wear a mark of some sort on their clothes when they went out or a different headdress and I uh, concentrated on women because we always see the men having to wear their caps or something else but I was just amazed that uh, the injustice was uh, done to to women for all this time so I completed, uh, I then decided to do 11 costumes of degradation, and it took a year of, of tears for me to finish this. And then I took it to, uh, the doctor said, now take it, go to the museum, the Holocaust Museum, and that was on Wilshire Boulevard. so humbled that they took it because, you see, I came out of a depression and uh, it was as if I am now living again, but I still felt the degradation that was uh, bestowed on me as a child. And this is why I was so amazed and so humbled that they would take this collection and it's a teaching tool for the museum. It has moved several times. It now has a permanent place in Pan Pacific Park, a beautiful museum, and I'm honored that it's there and uh, I also speak there. But you see, I worked the sorrow and the fear and the, um, and the hate that I felt I worked them out, and of course my doctor helped me. And then gradually I started to talk, and now today, uh, for the last few years, I, I speak at the museum telling them my life story. And uh, it, 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 is, it was like a new spiritual awakening for me. And all the pieces I've done and the dolls I created and so many things. 
when I finished it, I was so excited. How pretty. Oh, I think that person would like it. So I gave, <laughs> I gave it away. And uh, it, it was um, a good thing for me to do. It made me feel good. And I, I wanted to also say that after that point, it, you, you did the historical pieces. You did the piece about that moment in your life, that seminal moment where the doll was taken away from you. Yes, 1942, and um, I show the um, uh, the arrival, how we arrived in, in to Loach. You see, that's where uh, we were taken to, and I. I was born in uh, Neukotitsa, in a kolkhoz, um, which is a state farm. And uh, in 1942, the Nazis came and in wagons and horses and jeeps and all that, lots of noise, and uh, uh, told us to take along whatever we could, some clothes and all the food that we could take along. And I myself just had my Papa doll, which I call a Papa doll. She was part of my father, and uh, so it, it, it. And I held on to her till the time when this Nazi. We were close. We were close to Loach, and uh, he just uh, he looked at me for a while and. And then he tears my doll away. Uh, time seemed to stop for me. I just didn't talk anymore. If I had a question, it was towards Mama. And one wondrous thing that I could stay with my mother. <laughs> she was a superb seamstress, and uh, her her hands were needed for the uh, Nazi regime. She sewed coats, suits, blankets, and she even restored coats for some of the soldiers there. And you see, maybe that was part of this wonder that we did stay alive as we went to another camp. And uh, I had the most courageous mother in the world. Mm -hmm. and. I'm so grateful to be here with my dear friend. I know. I'm so grateful you're here, too. I want to just go also into your process of that once you let these these stories come out of you, mm -hmm. it feels like you no longer had to process the emotions. You could then, yes. you then reached into your the Jewish history and yes. created all these, which is part yes. of what we're seeing in this art show that yes. may... These listeners that are listening, hopefully this show is going to go all around the country. So right. um, am I right when I say that once you expressed the pain from your childhood in that yes. particular way that you were able to go? Yes. The, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, th the thing is I never had an art lesson in my life. And so one day when I came home from uh, my doctor's office, I had some flowers on the table and never had time to draw, and I never thought about such things. So I thought, you know, that flower is so beautiful. So I sat down on a piece of paper and drew this, I think it was a rose, they're easy to draw. But I, For you. Yeah, I, I, thought, no, I followed it and I thought, this looks a lot like this rose. And uh, d decided at that point, I must now, 
create things that are in my mind, pictures that I can connect with, our history, and uh, that's how it then began. Mm-hmm. And I did Moments in Jewish Time, the long piece, that eight-foot piece, and uh, it, it went on then to other pieces. But isn't that a wondrous thing to happen to a person? It is a wondrous thing to happen to a person. Okay, now we're gonna. I'm gonna turn to Sharon and tell us your process of how how you came to to. Now, hold on. I have to say this is a slightly different story because you were always an artist, or you started quite young in college. Um, but a transformation to how you expressed your art happened as a, in a heart healing moment. So. I just wanted to give you full credit for your history, (laughs) your Judy Chicago dinner table history, by the way, guys. Well, before I even start, I just want to comment on the fact that you said that you were not trained as an artist because (laughs) your ability to render form in three dimensions on a two-dimensional surface is astonishing. Thank thank you, dear Sharon. really exquisite. Your understanding of light and just the planes of the fate, the portrait if you ever get to see her work people go see this work it is astonishing thank you Sharon now let's hear your mind we have a lot in common my mother was also survived because of her her needle skills um she was never in a camp but uh in the ghetto that's that's how she got a work permit and um and survived uh there were a number of things that you said, and I was just like, oh, my God, we have so much in common. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of my own journey, I came up as an artist during a time when feminism was just kind of come entering the art scene. Not really. Like, it was in the schools. Like, Judy mm-hmm. had, was starting to teach at um, Fresno and, you know, all that stuff. And so most of the work that I was learning at UCLA was all about form. Mm. And I knew that I wanted my work to say something, that that was really important to me. Mm. And so even in undergrad school, um, in my bachelor's training, I was like, how do I make these things and use them to say something? And so I did these sculptures that had to do with my discovery of myself as a young woman and my sexuality. Um, did this piece called Breast Press, which was an interactive sculpture where you would press buttons and they would turn things on. Oh my God, that's great. So that you would discover, a, you know, a woman discovering her her anatomy. Right. Um, I did, I blew glass and I, wow. I blew a series of vaginas. Wow. This is before Judy, before I met oh Judy. Oh my God. And that's when my teacher started saying, oh, you're a little Judy Chicago, who I had no idea who she was. <laughs> and, um, but I was really, it was important for me to say something. It couldn't mm-hmm. just be art for art's sake. And then in my, so in my 20s, then I worked on the dinner party. I got a major education in what it means to make work about something. Mm. Um, the dinner party is a, you know, is a monument that tells the history of women through needlework and china painting for anybody who doesn't know the project. Um, and then in my 30s, I kind of went through a depression. And I ended up going back to school. I went, I'd gone to graduate school at Otis. I went back to school and got a master's degree 
in psychology specializing in the psychology of creativity. Mm -hmm. And for my master's project, I basically did work to heal myself. Because as the child of Holocaust survivors, it's a very... My father had been married before he met my mother. They had a three-year-old daughter. The wife and daughter were killed during the war. Oh, my gosh. While my father was out scavenging for food. Oh, jeez. And I wouldn't exist if it hadn't been for the war. And so it really messed with my head. And I really needed to figure out, well, who am I? Is there a me separate from the Holocaust? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I don't, to this day, I don't have an answer to that question. Right. But I did a lot of work about it, and that was what my main my thesis was was all about being the child of Holocaust survivors. I did lots of drawings, and then when I started teaching, I created a class called the Visual Journal, and um, I was teaching other people to express through their emotions. And um, you know, you teach what you need. Mm-hmm. So I gave voice to my emotions in a very non-narrative way because there was a big disconnect between my ability to speak and Mm -hmm. tell a story and my artwork Mm -hmm. and like you that's one of the other similarities I didn't I didn't speak for long periods of time really yeah in fact it was I did a piece in my 40s about being mute wow a performance piece about it. My work has always been very much about healing and about following a narrative. Mm-hmm. So um, in my most recently, I guess, I mean, I'll skip over all the different layers of my work, but uh, most recently, after having done a lot of work on being the child of survivors, I came to my mother passed, as we had talked about before, mm-hmm. Um, and I fell into knitting mm-hmm. as a way of being close to her. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, the house, looking at Trudy's work reminds me in some ways of my home growing wow. up. There was always, we didn't have paintings in the house. We had needlework paintings yes. in the house. Wow. So yeah. it, I feel very connected to your work. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. The reason uh, that I had this deep depression, I found out after a year or so, uh, I asked the doctor why that happened to me. It's because I never talked about my life, not even to my children. My husband was a, um, a survivor. He lived in hiding in northern Germany. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't talk about it either. My mother didn't talk with me. Somehow that is, it, it, so, it sounds strange, doesn't it? But that's what happened. We never talked about it. And then our sons already were ready to go to university. And I said, Hans, we have to tell them something. And so we did. And, you know, parents don't always make the right decisions. And... Uh, we think they do, but they don't. And But in our case, it was such a catharsis mm. for us. Mm. And we 
became even closer. It was wonderful. To, mm. to this day, my sons are wonderful, worried about their mama. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you didn't tell good. them until you they were teenagers, yes. right? Yes, yeah. right. They didn't even know she was a Holocaust survivor no, until wow. they were teenagers. They knew they were Jews, but we were not uh, going to temple, and uh, so. Yeah. It's interesting because my parents talked a great deal about their experiences. Exactly. Oh. Because he, the, uh, your father uh, was American? No, no, both my parents were survivors. Oh, they were both survivors? Yes, and both my parents. They met in the, in the partisans. I see, I see. And oh, mostly oh, they yeah. talked about it because my mother yeah. had saved Partisan. many. Right. That's why. My mother had saved so many people's lives that after the war, when they had enough money, they came like a pilgrimage. Oh. To visit my mom, yes, and thank her for saving them. Oh my oh, God! How beautiful, oh, how good you must feel. So I would stay and listen wow. to them tell their stories. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! And yeah. I would hide in the corner. They th- they thought I'd gone off to sleep, and I would listen to every story. Yeah, uh, that was a good experience for you. It probably was not a good experience no? for me because <laughs> I was way too young. Oh, I was well, probably five years old. Oh, well, then you wouldn't have understood everything anyway. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't understand it, but I knew enough to see the tears and the yeah, yeah, the yeah, anguish that, that and the part, stories yeah. definitely yeah. affected me. Do you feel like you took it in? Like you, yeah. Is that what you buried and had to be muted by? So it's almost like you went through the Holocaust and it's were a, muted by yeah, it. It's yeah, a weird, almost it's a lived weird, through it, right? Right. It's because like you, at the, I remember being a child and riding on the bus with my mom and looking out the window thinking I'll find my grandfather there'll be a miracle and he'll be mm. he'll be safe and I'll show my mom and then she'll be happy again oh so it was I was too young mm-hmm. I was definitely too young mm-hmm. you know but you know what can I say yeah but so then my once I got through sort of the psychological work in mm-hmm. in my art I realized, and my mom had passed, and I saw that the knitting was a perfect metaphor for what I wanted to say. My work really became about exploring the idea of man's inhumanity to man, but from a point of view of when we hurt another, we hurt ourselves. Mm. And so that's the message of my work. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I think that's the full circle of it. Mm -hmm. You know, the healing now going out, not just for myself, going out to others. And Trudy, you have something similar. Um, um, The really beautiful thing about Trudy's art, because it's so historically based or born of Mm -hmm. history, you often are speaking to groups of people about your work. And and you often, very, very often, Trudy is constantly, it's like a full-time job for her, speaking to children mm-hmm. and at schools, which is so great. Um, so sh- share some of, because your art is now going out into the world to make a difference yes. uh, about that exact same thing, man's inhumanity to man. So tell us what your passion is about the how you would like the, your work to affect the world. Uh, I hope uh, that, well, you see, they will see that a survivor... Uh, worked herself into into um, a cognitive mode because before if you don't speak you, you know you're kind of lost in the world you don't and 
and now I speak. I've done lots of research and um, uh, thereby also educated myself. And I am a new person. I am Trudy Strobel. <laughs> and uh, Numa, that little scared child that was within me. And so I hope uh, whoever sees my work will be uh, um, uh, will learn something from it that we don't want another Holocaust. It can never happen again. We are a small group of people in the world, just a small, small segment. And to murder six million of us was disastrous. And so um, this is what I'd like to uh, pass on to everyone is to remember that this must never happen again. That's my main message. And what's happening on the border right now? I know you're very passionate about... Oh, yes, my border oh, with the children. The doll, when, when we, every time I see her doll um, uh, piece, mm-hmm. the, she has a, it's called 1942, as she mentioned earlier, the piece is called 1942, and it's an yes. actual... It's it's the moment in time when the doll is taken yeah. from the by the Nazi guard. But every time I see it, I also think of the kids on the border, and yes. and I know that you're very passionate about that. So tell us about that. Uh, you see, when you take a baby from her mother, and you divide them, or little ones, two-year-olds, even six-year-olds, they're they're taken away from their parents. Sometimes one parent, a lot of times two parents. When, when I was four and they took my papa doll, because I didn't have a papa, just his doll, uh, it, it did something to me because I didn't talk. And it was, at, already at that time, it was uh, something wrong, right? And um, it took many years for it to come back in my brain that I went through the Holocaust. Mm. It was, then lots of times I look at my piece and I think, yeah, I'm here, I'm here again. I, I can't talk about it anymore. And here you have these little ones taken away. Do you know it'll bother them the rest of their life? I was fortunate to work it out in art. And many people do. Many people work their their hardships out in art. So this is what I'm totally against our president doing. And they're not helping. They say there are very few left, but I, I think that is a story because others say different. How can you think, they show pictures of the little ones in in beds. Their parent, their mama isn't there. I mean, and then who who knows how long they get back to their parent. No, this is a um, disastrous thing our president is doing. And um, I say president because because he is the president, but I think this man uh, has done so much damage to our country, 
and I think it continues. We will find out more uh, as to how he uses the office to get rewards for his business. In my, uh, we can't go into this now, but I want to talk, just mention again these beautiful children. And they all look so beautiful, you know. And uh, they cry, probably cry every night. Mm. Gone from parents for months at a time. I think it'll be years before they will they'll be all put together. Yeah. So um, if they ever, yeah. Yeah. if they ever yeah. return to it. Yeah. And then they will be in homes, you know, uh, uh, parents, uh, whatever that's orphanages. Called. Yeah, orphanages, and from there, uh, also uh, parents will uh, will want another child, or you know. Not, not adoption, but what is that called when they... Foster? Uh, foster homes. Foster. And that is not a good thing. Most of what I hear, it eventually is 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 also hard on, on these children. Oh, often abusive. Yeah, right, right. And my most recent work is about the, that subject. I'm doing oh, yeah. very detailed paintings of the point where a tooth pieces of yarn crossed to make a stitch. Oh, yes. And when you look at it up as a separated image, it looks yes. like a piece of barbed wire. Ah, oh, it sounds wonderful. She took, you took photographs, right? Explain how right. you, these images that she created. So I take very low resolution photographs of my hemp rope knitting. Uh -huh. And then I enlarge them. And then I take, like, in this case, I take a small section. Uh-huh and then I draw into the photograph, then I enlarge the drawing, and then I paint onto that. How big are these pieces? The ones I'm working on right now are like 42 by 48. Oh, yes. And Similar to my work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds... You're going to love her show. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> I already love it the way you described it, yeah. Because it'll have so much meaning and understanding of this tragedy. And tell, exactly. remind them, we covered this in our interview, but remind them of the name of the show and when it's... The title of the show is The Politics of Color. It'll be in April of 2020, sort of in line with the election cycle. Ah. And it'll be at Show Gallery in Hollywood. Yay! Oh, wow. That's already arranged. Yes. Oh, how great. You both have very exciting April 2020s because your yes. book is coming My out. Book Trudy is Struggles coming out. book yeah. is coming out and your show. It's right. wonderful. Well, okay. We I just have to say thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making time right after your show and um, and for meeting each other. I just couldn't be more thrilled that these two humans met each other today. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm okay, superhero. Have a great day. Thanks for coming, superheroes. So please go check out Trudy and Sharon's art. Their websites are trudystrobel.com, T-R-U-D-I-E-S-T-R-O-B-E-L.com, and SharonKagan.com, S-H-A-R-O-N-K-A-G-A-N.com. They are so amazing, and I can't believe that they finally met. I'm so excited. And... If you love this podcast, please go rate and review it and subscribe to it. It helps us bring more superheroes of love into the fold. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and have a great day, superhero.